Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by co-founder of Twice Toothpaste, Julian Levine. In 2015, Julian and his brother took a trip down to the Bahamas with Money Kravitz to provide dental care to the community. Being a part of this life-changing experience led them to create Twice Toothpaste as it is today. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Julian Levine of Twice Toothpaste. Julian, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Yeah, so I want to start out with your upbringing. So where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? Mm. You know, I'm uh, sitting here mid-COVID in the same place that I grew up. Same home, awesome. same room. Wow. Um, I grew up in, in Westchester County in New York uh, in a little town called Purchase. Okay. What was my upbringing like? You know, I was surrounded by two amazing, loving parents. Um, my dad has been a dental professional my whole life. Um, he was lecturing uh, when I was a kid. I was helping him with his slides. And wow. um, my mom uh, has been in merchandising and retail all of her life. Um, my grandparents owned a little jewelry store in Brooklyn in Sheepshead Bay, and she had worked there and um, their entrepreneurial passions and um, life in dentistry uh, was something I was surrounded by my whole life. Um, on the flip side of work or school, mm -hmm. um, athletics have been a big part of our lives. Cody and I, my brother and I, um, we've been playing lacrosse since we're babies. Our dad played in college and won a national championship. And so you better believe lacrosse was a big part of our, uh, yeah. big part of our upbringing. Um, we played in college and um, it was just a, a big part of our, our lives growing up. Awesome. Did you have an entrepreneurship mindset growing up then? Did you ever sell anything or create any other businesses? <laughs> you know, uh, Code and I were, were definitely known for a solid lemonade stand uh, <laughs> nice. during the summer times. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, um, not really. Uh, yeah. Love, love trading cards, baseball, basketball, football cards even. Um, but um, I was focused. I, I always loved numbers and Wall Street and stocks. Mm. And Cody really liked storytelling and brand and ended up um, in marketing. Okay. And then I saw you went on in 2006 to study at Cornell University. What did you study there? Yeah. Um, I was in the undergraduate business school there. Okay. Uh, the major was called Applied Economics and Management, and my focus particularly was on accounting and mm -hmm. finance. You said you played lacrosse there. Did you go on to play a, on scholarship, or how was that? Yeah, I mean, we. Um, um, I wasn't necessarily recruited to play there. It was like, kind of like a walk-on situation. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it was just it was just one of the best experiences of my life. You know, four years of playing with this team. Um, developing with that team and we it was an incredibly successful um, program that we had you know we yeah. we won the Ivy League championship four years in a row we made it to the national championship and lost in overtime to Syracuse in 2009 oh wow um, made it to the final four three out of four years it was it was an incredible ride and was lucky that my brother actually joined me and you know I was a senior and Cody was a freshman um, it was such a cool dynamic. You know, Cody was a, a scholarship player. He was um, particularly uh, a great high school All-American. Um, yeah. And so it was really cool to, to be on the same team with him. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Did you guys ever play on the field together then? Were you both varsity at that time? Yeah. Um, did we ever get any looks? I don't know if we ever got a look in the same game. Uh, practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely plenty of time in practice together. Um, but yeah. Gotcha. So prior to Twice, what kind of jobs were you working, say, outside of college? Sure. Um, let's see. Out of school, I wanted to surround myself with the hardest working job possible. You know, I had a mm -hmm. great work ethic coming out of this lacrosse program, and I just was hungry to learn and, and engage. Um, I actually moved away from New York City in New York. Um, I went to San Francisco. I joined this uh, small boutique mergers and acquisitions advisory firm that specializes in consumer brands and restaurants and retailers. And so for um, three years, I was in San Francisco, just grinding, burning the midnight oil, um, and really kind of developed a love for the entrepreneurial journey through banking. Yeah. And um, wanted to see what life was like on the other side of the, the fence. And so um, ended up joining a bulge bracket bank and going to Bank of America Merrill Lynch in New York City um, after SF and was there for just about a year, a pretty quick, quick trip. Um, and then uh, started looking into what I wanted to do next, which was to become an investor and yeah. was really fortunate to find this incredible um, fund that was different from what I had imagined or what I thought, you know investing or what I'd want to be doing, um, which is called Stripes Group, which is in the meatpacking district in New York City. And they invest uh, broadly in consumer and tech companies at a, at a growth equity level. And um, I loved it. I yeah. was a pretty early on um, associate there and helped develop their analyst program and source a lot of exciting companies and um, really be a part of more of this like earlier stage investing world, which you know, I didn't even, I wasn't even really privy to because a lot of mm -hmm. banking was, was larger transactions, but it was amazing, really great experience. And in for particular, sure. um, with a role like that, um, just had so much crazy access to entrepreneurs and their stories and the businesses they were building and just kind of further um, excited me. Yeah. So I saw prior to twice in 2015, you and your brother took a trip to the Bahamas can you explain exactly what that trip was for and what you guys did? Yeah, absolutely. So if you rewind a few years before that in 2012, my dad, my mom and my brother went to Rwanda. I couldn't go because of investment banking. For okay. those of you who know the hours there, you, you can barely get out of the office, let alone the country. I, uh, I unfortunately missed this life changing trip. They went to Rwanda. They helped this community that was impacted and affected by the Rwandan genocide that had occurred in 1994, which um, one of the worst mass murderings in history. Mm. And uh, they went and they educated these people, about 250 people about um, dental care and hygiene. And in particular, they helped take care of this one woman named Agath who had been um, beaten with a machete and had her teeth knocked out. Wow. And she hadn't smiled in 18 years. And they brought her to one of seven dental clinics in the country uh, for 14 million people, mind you, talk about a lack of access to care. Yeah. And as you can imagine, they, they delivered this new set of teeth for her and they had the most emotional experience of their life. Um, yeah. So they come home and their lives were changed. And you fast forward in 2015, my dad was talking to his patient 
um, Lenny Kravitz, the musician, who um, oh, wow, yeah. has become a very close family friend and is, in fact, one of the co-founders of our business with us. Mm-hmm. And um, Lenny was like, Doc, you know, this work that you did is incredible. Have you? Would you come down to my community in the Bahamas? Because I live in Eleuthera, and in order for people to see a dentist, they have to fly to Nassau. And so as a result, nobody goes to the dentist, and nobody yeah. knows how to take care of their teeth. And um, my dad is definitely the type of guy who fits 20 pounds in a 10-pound in a bag. And so um, a few months after, in 2015, he offered his dental practice the Christmas bonus or the opportunity to go down to the Bahamas and basically just set up a clinic. And... Uh, in, in December of 2015, we came down, we went down to Eleuthera with a team of 30, 35 volunteers, some of the best dental specialists in New York City. And um, it was unbelievable. It was, yeah. um, I mean, I had never done something like this. So for me, it was, it was particularly inspiring on every level. And what we did was we went into this, the middle of this little town in Gregory town, a um, hundred yards from the water, you know, dirt roads, the happiest, most amazing people you've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, very much a community that lacks access to a lot. And we took over this converted preschool or we took over a preschool and converted it into a dental clinic. Wow. And um, for five days, we filled the dental clinic um, with professionals, with patients, we saw about 400 people and we were treating them for every type of dental service you can imagine, you know, root canals, extractions, dentures, cleanings, whitenings. Um, it was the works. And it's important to know, like this clinic was unlike anything you can really imagine. For sure. Um, you know, when you talk about a dental clinic, I don't really know where people's heads go. You know, dentistry is not exactly the sexiest industry. Mm-hmm. However, um, this this clinic had so much energy and passion and love pouring from, you know, every every area of it. Um, you had patients coming in and sitting down in their chair, having never seen a dentist before, frightened about what's going to happen. And they wow. leave the chair in tears, hugging their dentist, kissing yeah. their dentist, like freaking out about how grateful they are. And... Um, yeah, I mean, you can imagine you start to hear these people's stories and they weren't just patients. They would open up to us and tell us their life story and how they've been living in pain, emotional pain, physical pain, all because of their smile and how us, how we're able to help them and, and really give them hope and a new sense of life and confidence. And I was just like, holy cow, yeah. you know. I had no idea that this is the power of the dental profession. You know, I never had braces. I was never self-conscious of my smile. So every light bulb was going off. I was just thinking about how, how can I help this situation? How can I try to give back? And, you know, I'm sitting in the corner sterilizing dirty dental supplies, which of course is, is very necessary. If you ask any dentist, they'll tell you, you got to be using clean tools. But I'm like, I want to do more because people need to realize and see how powerful the smile is. You know, this problem doesn't just exist in Eleuthera, Bahamas. It exists everywhere in the world, especially in the United States. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it was this little trip to the Bahamas was was very life changing. Yeah, that's such an incredible experience. So how did you guys get clients and patients to come once you guys got down there? There was there like a report or did could like anyone come on and just sign up and just get yeah. taken care of? How was that? You know, um, 
We so Lenny living in the Bahamas, you know, he has his team, and I know they they started spreading the word. Um, I got to tell you, things catch on pretty quickly, especially when it's For a sure. free dental clinic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, maybe day one we had a couple hundred people outside and 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 around, and um, you know, by the end of it, we had 450 people having been seen and. It's been growing every year. So we went yeah. for the first time in 15 and then we did it again in 16 and 17 and 18 and 19. And we did it um, in January of this year, thankfully uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. And um, this year we brought down 110 volunteers and we saw over 1200 people. Wow. And so the mission has grown enormously. It's still in this small little clinic you know, the same, the same basically flag that we hung on the top of the doors five years ago has literally not moved in five years. And um, yeah, it's just amazing to see how it's grown. Yeah, that's so amazing. So taking inspiration from this trip, who proposed and when was the idea of twice evolved? Mm, yeah. So in 2016, the year after the first one, mm -hmm. um, we went down again and I'm not really sure if I knew what to expect, you know, would we meet new people? Would there be new patients? What's going on? And you know what? It was so much of the same and it was in the best way possible because now the people really became like family, you know, yeah, they'd yeah. be, they'd be going out with us after the clinic was closed and dancing and drinking and feeding us. And, uh, they, they really became like family. And, um, as more of these people just kept pouring their stories onto us, you know, it was kind of like enough is enough, you know? Um, yeah. And for Cody and I, you know, we looked at each other with Lenny completely inspired and wanting to, to do more and, and recognizing that, you know, we're in this very privileged position where our parents have started this foundation. Our mom and dad have been making oral hygiene products our whole life. So I didn't mention that, you know, my mom, uh, working for a parents jewelry store. My dad is a dentist. They combined forces when I was 10 and started their first teeth whitening company called Go Smile, and then started a second teeth whitening company called Glow Science, which really was the first company to put LED lights and heat in a mouthpiece to create yeah, teeth yeah. whitening, which you see all over the internet now with a bunch of copycats. <laughs> but so Cody and I, we looked at each other in the Bahamas and we're like, we need to do something. And um, when we were in the Bahamas, we, we kind of recognized a problem that we were seeing and hearing, which is that people don't know about oral health and their yeah. oral hygiene until it's too late, until it's painful for them, until they have to pay $10,000 for a dentist. And um, people don't really use the products that they may or may not have access to. So mm -hmm. one statistic we found while we were doing research is that 100 million Americans, one in three people, do not brush their teeth twice a day. And the numbers are even worse amongst millennials and the younger generation. And so we got really inspired about wanting to create this next generation brand that really elevates the perception of both oral, oral care, oral hygiene, um, and the products that we use every day to take care of our smile. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was this mission. Um, uh, the, the business originally was like, okay, great. We're going to sell amazing products and you know, donate portions of profits and product back to the mission and help them do more work in more places. And that's still true to today. Um, so, yeah, but yeah <laughs> that was the beginning. Awesome. Yeah, that was the beginning. So when you guys actually started to pursue this, were you guys formulating your own toothpaste or did you guys outsource at this point? 
Yeah, great question. Um, this became our life's passion when we yeah. decided to do this. Like, I don't know how many times have you heard, you know, do what you're passionate about, do what you're passionate about. For sure. This trip, it was like the weirdest out of body experience, realizing that this is our life's purpose. This is our passion. And this is what we want to do. So you better believe that we, we started dissecting toothpaste and figuring out what are the right ingredients and what are the wrong ones and what do we want to have in our own toothpaste. And so that was really the beginning of an 18 month process of developing our formulas. And we didn't make it, you know, we didn't just go to a manufacturer and ask for something off the shelf like a number of, of, of brands do. Um, yeah. We kind of took the longer approach. Um, you know, for, for 11 of those 18 months, Code and I were sleeping on two couches separated by uh, 15 feet in our parents' living room. Um, you know, it, it wasn't uh, the most glamorous, but we were just committed. You know, we wanted to create a, a great product that could, could really try to create some change. Totally. So once you had the product established, how did you guys begin to market your toothpaste then? Um, well, I think it's a lot of testing. You know, when, sure. when we launched the business um, as first time entrepreneurs, you know, there's so much that you don't know. You think you got the right strategy, this, that. You, you, it's a it's a test and learn game for sure. Um, we did some PR. Um, we were working with Lenny on telling the story through his social channels. We had some videos created um, we were doing some advertising through social media channels. We were gifting a lot of product to influencers and friends to have them promote it. Um, we were doing a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, of course, a lot of that has evolved since then. So what were some of the main role, roles in the company? Say, what were your roles along with Cody's? Did you guys have separate different positions in the company at this time? I mean, in the beginning, we were doing a lot of uh, a lot of the things together for better or worse. For sure. Um, Cody's strength and, and where he's focused mostly is on uh, brand marketing and communications. Um, and of course, as well in strategy and, and creating products together with me. Um, and myself was more on the number side operations, um, all of the nuts and bolts. I kind of took over CFO, COO role um, and he took more of the CMO role. Okay. Yeah. And. So I was, I was really curious on this, going into business being brothers, were you guys ever hesitant about that, about relationships, or was that never really <laughs> thought of? You know, um, Code and I have been so close forever. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think we might've looked each other in the eye before we started this, like, all right, <laughs> we're in this together. Um, but yeah, I mean, we never, we were never contentious. You know, we talked to so many <laughs> friends or siblings that we meet and they're like, I don't know how the hell you guys went into business together. Yeah. Um, and we're like, you know, cause they're like, I could never have done it with my sibling, but you know, with us, it's kind of always been love. And uh, I think totally. we've learned there's nobody else better to succeed with than, you know, somebody in your own blood. And yeah. so yeah. We're, we're going through the roller coaster together. That's awesome. So looking at twice today, what would you say separates twice from your competitors toothpaste wise? Oh, baby. I don't think, I think we need another uh, podcast episode to talk about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I talk about it. I, I say um, uh, there's really three things that are different about twice. It's mm -hmm. what's inside the tube. It's what's not inside the tube and it's how it's made. 
So yeah. what's what's inside the tube is basically a blend of both science and nature. Traditionally in toothpaste, you'll get all natural products or you'll get products that we've been using our whole lives, Crest, Colgate, Sensodyne, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Those big brands are really effective products, but just like what's going on in food and beverages and other personal care products, they're still loaded with ingredients that are unnecessary and potentially harmful. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the equation, natural products are healthier, they're cleaner, but they don't have the powerful active ingredients that you need that a dentist would recommend to really work and protect your teeth. So yeah. we know we recognize this and we said, let's make a hybrid toothpaste that has a lot of healthier ingredients that are focused around oral health and wellness, but also those same active ingredients that are not by any means harmful, but aren't all natural, but that are needed. Mm -hmm. And so we've called it this science plus wellness approach. Um, so inside our toothpaste, you'll find everything for teeth whitening, sensitivity, cavity prevention, and gum health with the added benefit, which is for mouth health, of vitamins, antioxidants, aloe vera, ingredients that you'll find more in like personal care or skincare products that have mm -hmm. never been in toothpaste before, but that are great for your mouth. Um, and then of course, you know, beyond that, in terms of what's not inside, we've left out a lot of these harmful ingredients like sulfates, which are the detergents that turn your toothpaste into a bubble bath that yeah. can be harmful for your skin and cause skin irritation and ulcers. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we wanted to make it responsibly. We were one of the first manufacturers, actually the first, to ask our um, um, manufacturer to certify that all 21 of our ingredients were vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, and cruelty-free. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to take an, uh, the next level in making sure that this product that is so you know widespread across societies totally. uh, is, is made in a more responsible manner. Yeah, for sure. So I saw that you have two specific products. What is the difference between your morning and night toothpaste then? Yeah. So um, we created these two flavors to provide something in toothpaste that really hasn't been present, which is yeah. choice. Mm. Um, people don't brush twice a day, right? That's terrible. Um, yeah. We think part of the reason is because of psychology and behavior. You know, you've got this one toothpaste that you use, whether you're feeling good or feeling bad, whether it's Monday morning or Friday night, we wanted to provide a little bit of uniqueness through flavor. So the main difference of our toothpaste is just the the, the functional feeling that you get uh, of an awakening toothpaste or of a relaxing toothpaste. So mm. um, we have one toothpaste that's peppermint and wintergreen, more of like an awakening punch. Yeah. And we have one toothpaste that's peppermint with vanilla and lavender. So it's still refreshing, but it's it's very like soft and soothing. For sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, I totally see what you're saying. Like with essential oils, like on the other hand, like those fragrances and those scents that you just described makes me think of nighttime or of morning time. So I think that fits perfectly in what you guys did with your products as well. Yeah. So can twice be found in retail today? You know, I'm, I'm grateful to say yes. Um, yeah. Through COVID, um, we were fortunate to launch with CVS. That's amazing. Um, you know, the nation's largest pharmacy. Crazy to when you think about this brand that so many people know, like their reach is so vast. Mm -hmm. And as a brand, you know, everybody has an opinion, but they stand for health and delivering yeah. health to, to consumers all over the country. So 
We're in about 1,900 stores. Um, we have a store locator on our website, smiletwice.com. And um, yeah, we're, we're there on, in the toothpaste aisle, which we're super excited about. That's awesome. So if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret, what would that be? Just uh, anything. Um, test. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think entrepreneurs, um, especially some of the ones late that I've chatted with, um, there is this thought that um, it's like your precious baby and you don't want to try things because of fear of failure or it's not in line with this or it's not in line with that. Um, and it's just I've found that it's a fallacy. Um, mm -hmm. You need you need to test. You need to experiment. No idea is a bad idea. Um, you genuinely do not know until you try. And the learning that you get after you try is just so much greater <laughs> than sure, any amount sure. of knowledge that you think you had beforehand. Absolutely. Well, Julian, thank you so much for joining me today. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Twice at SmileTwice.com. Thanks, Cameron. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.